Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Jack the Lad podcast. Today I had my grandfather on. We covered a few topics whilst he was on. We spoke about his eight weeks that he spent in Shamazi Jail, which is a jail in Saudi Arabia, and the time that he spent overseas as part of the mountain rescue team whilst in the Royal Air Force. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And without further ado, I bring you Edward Simpson. We are live. So, just before we came on air, you mentioned that you spent some time in a Saudi prison. How did that come about? I mean, I was going to work over there because it's a fantastic money. But how did that come about? So, how did you hear about it, or you know, how did you get involved with it? Oh, I saw it advertised in the, in the mail. Another, that's my sort of line. I could do that, no problem. And the money was fantastic. Yeah, it was a hell of good money. You could, you could draw about 100 reals in, in in cash, just go up to the office and get money. And the rest of your money was all paid into the Bank of England. Didn't like a job. And just before I came over, they'd come and made me a manager. And that's why I thought, oh, I don't need to go home. So I said, no, I'm going home. Goes up to the, get my ticket. Goes up to to go out. Uh, not I've got the form signed to see you, you know, you can go. You stay there a minute. Next thing I know, there's two of their guards, you know, come with us, Schmazy Jail. I don't know if it's jail, not until I got there. Fuck's sake. So as far as you're concerned, you've done nothing wrong, you just stood in the queue and you're off. Yeah, well, it's good. You, I don't speak language. They just jabber, jabber, jabber. Yeah, what I mean is, obviously... You believe you've done nothing wrong. You're just stood in the queue waiting to go home and then you're just pulled out. Did you not, you know, kick off or, you know, say anything to them? Uh, yeah, so good. Don't make no difference. Don't take no notice. Like yeah, yeah, lot, yeah. yeah. You wrong, call them so. all the names under the sun and swear and curse, but I don't get to do nothing. But anyway, so I, I go go, go away, inside yeah. there, put me up in the, with the terrace. I get a letter to... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dead so, They've put you upstairs with the terrorists. Yeah. But but why would they put you in with terrorists? Like, it doesn't make any how sense. Do, how do you get away from, get, get away? Because you've got to go all downstairs to get, and you can't go down there. No, I understand the premise of stairs. I mean, why are you up there with terrorists? Oh, because nobody wanted me. I've done nothing wrong. And if I knew a prince, you'd be in trouble keep me in jail for nothing for no reason. But I didn't know oh, anybody yeah. in authority. So, I... Got a letter to the uh, papers, give them a passport number, and tell them being locked up for no no apparent reason. How did you get the note to the Daily Mail? How like how did that come about? Well, you you rush you, you, you get get paper. These in when in these fellows are with you get anything you want. You want money, uh, smokes. I didn't pay for nothing. They were just given to me. See, I wouldn't have expected that. That seems odd that, you know, a British national would, would get 
you know, favours and whatnot in, in a Saudi prison. And then towards the end of the eight weeks, fellow in a suit came upstairs with the guards. Mr. Simpson, yeah. Sign this. I don't know, I don't know what sign, I don't know what sign I'm on it. It's just a, like an affidavit that you haven't done. We, and we, we have got no evidence that you've done anything wrong. Apart from not having this form. So, next I knew, I'm on my way to the airport. Uh, but, make a bit of show of it. For funny English fellas there, who, you know, what, what, what have you done wrong? I said, I'll kill someone. I'll kill you if I beat bump into you. I was angry. And when the uh, plane was like loading up, nobody, nobody come near me because it'd gone down. He's going back for murder. Well, I wasn't, not really. But nobody sitting there, sat next to me. One fellow came up and I said, you can have off. <laughs> oh, I was angry. <laughs> so the plane journey goes fine, no, no issues. So so then what happens? So you fly home. No, I don't talk to nobody. Uh, people outside the door. I want to come and wait on the train. Uh, when I first came up to the airport, got to the station, I noticed a few people there wondering questions. I just want to get home, so. <laughs> I got my train and fuck off over to Kettering. So once you got back, as far as you were concerned, it was, you know, the quiet life, you weren't interested in media or any of that sort of stuff. And and that's the end of that. And that was just, that's just, just the cycle of me being locked up. So before all of this happened, I understand that you spent some time in the Royal Air Force. Yeah. What was that like and where did you go? What was your first overseas post in and what year was it? I was in the rescue team in Cyprus, Nicosia, 57 to 1960. Yeah, 57 to 60, yeah. So you went to Cyprus at 19? That I imagine that's your first time out of the country. What was that like? Oh, smashing. Yeah? What was the highlight in Cyprus? Because the National Service there at the time, a friend of mine was one of the managers of Cyprus Airways, and he wanted some airplanes polished. In them days, they were just aluminium. They weren't all these decals like you got them now, or other you could, the earlier were. Yeah. So I said, yeah, I, I can get some. But... Uh, how much you're going to pay? Who's ever going to pay? And as well, I'll get the people. I'll pay them, but you pay me straight away. But I'm not going to pay them what you're paying me. Yeah. You're going to say, I'll give a figure, we'll say, it's two and six an hour. When you say two and six, what would that be in in today's money? Half a 50 pence. Half, half a 10 bob, yeah. Be about, be in today's money, so I, I had no problem getting, because it was National Service, I had no problem getting volunteers to work. Yeah. So every hour they worked, I earned six months. And I had <laughs> quite a bit of money, so I bought a couple of cars while I was over there, put them out of hire, as F6, and uh, Morris 8. Because it's quite dear to hire a car, I had to undercut the, the normal rates. So as a JT, you're making all this extra money, you know, 
hiring cars out and and getting all the you know the other lads to polish their planes for you. Uh, so what what was the you know what was the best part about Cyprus? Was it you know was it spending the money and you know all that sort of stuff? Been able to spend the money, but we couldn't have. Yeah, spending money. Yeah, yeah. So you were living the high life then, you know, out in Cyprus. Well, no good life. <laughs> no, sadly, I'm bragging. I'm not bragging. No, it's the, I just like to earn money. So you finish your time out in Cyprus, then what? Are you posted overseas again? No, I came. I was put back into uh, horses and fairs. That's when I met his mum. I was on holiday. Well, in them days, there was a, a group going around called Peter Jane and the Jaywalkers. Do you remember, remember them? You wouldn't remember them. So, and, and one of my friends was very, very friendly with the band. He used to be with them at one time. Yeah. So, I'm out in Yarmouth, got plenty of money in my pocket to spend, and I meet Pat. Well, I meet walk. Going in the pub, and of course, you're all young, a bit leery, aren't you? You know, Jack the lad. So, and I turned around quick and knocked all the drinks that Gopher had in his hand, his granddad. Yeah. So, I, I, don't worry, I'll pay him, don't worry, I'll pay for him. And I noticed a young girl, which was Pat, obviously. So, <laughs> made arrangements because I must have been on leave. Because I said, I will come down, I'll see you tomorrow. So she said, yeah, well, I had to get around to mum and dad first off. I don't want to get rid of this banker with me, giving it all this. <laughs> <laughs> but being a senior Peter and the Jaywalkers, which yeah. are quite, not the Beatles, but that sort of following they had, uh, that must have impressed Pat, or what she heard of them, I don't know. But we're on well, and... Oh, where do you live? So she said, well, I'm born. I said, where the fuck is Wellenborough? So I looked on the map, found out where it was. I was in Horse, in Norwich then. So found out where it was. I had a car, obviously, because I was ducked and dived for the last three or four years to get some money. So we we met Nassau, which Nassau, and met his mum. We got strung out of Cyprus for the Oka, didn't we? Yeah, we've still got a base out there now, though. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a raft station, but it's on a Solomon base. You've got no control over the island. See, when we when I was in the Air Force, Britain had control over the island. Right. And then until Macarios came along and Grievous. Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a story with Grievous, Colonel Grievous. I got friendly with a local Greek lad called Babis. Um uh, I just gone on a ran on on a motorbike with him. And we're out by one of the like meeting halls, big thing about Colonel Grievous. And I said, Whoa, 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 whoa. So he stopped and I jumped off and the pinchest big poster. Fill it up four and away we went. And I I gave it to a Greek lad, a relation of mine in Birkenhead about two years ago. I'd kept it right since 57, when I was there first there. Yeah. 
I used to go in the out, out of bounds place. Uh, being so dark, I look like Cypriot. So I'd say to Babies, just rub it something in Greek. Then, the English thing is Greek. And they think, well, he's a local, he's a lad in there. Yeah. Good job, he didn't ask me anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were quite a few clubs, they were officers only, like Ladder Palace. That was the Swiss place on the island. But being that I'd had car out on high, I had more money, didn't I? And I'd go with Babies. So, even though they might hear us speaking English, he speaks, he speaks Greek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, nobody cottoned on, you shouldn't be in here. Yeah. So, <laughs> there was two or three bars. The Athenian was officers only, it's proper nightclub, officers only. And at no point, any of them officers went, hang about, that's JT Simpson over there, he should be in here. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I got... Put in the guard room by the the, the army. I was walking across from, from my section to the. I heard someone say, Hey, you, Irk! How the fuck are you talking to? You guard. Coming up right now, there. Hey, you! I'm talking to you! I said, What do these are? He's just a child. What do these are? Greater thickness. <laughs> oh, that was it. <laughs> You've shouted out his, him and him, fall in, march him down the guard room. <laughs> so, I got talking down there, Corbin, you get down the guard room, tell who I am, where I'm at. They phoned up my boss, it's Squadron Lee Sims. He comes up, you know, you, you shouldn't back Chad Ed, because I don't know about in, in, when you're in the Air Force, your boss. It wasn't yes or no, sir. If anyone else was around, yeah, call him sir. But if there's no one there, and you knew his name, and he was a nice fella, you'd use his Christian name. Because I, I, I got very friendly as the... Well, not very friendly, he knew my name, he knew me. It was uh, Johnny Johnson. The, the, the fight race for World War One, World War Two. Right. He was AOC of... Uh, Middle East. What was something that you found that you were good at or something that surprised you about the Air Force that you didn't think you could do or, you know, something that surprised you, something like that? Oh, yeah. I, I, I took up climbing. I joined a mountain, res- mountain rescue team. I got seconded to and put on permanent staff. So that was a nice cruising number. So when you went on to the mountain rescue team was that a dual role so you were still doing your you know nt fitter as well as doing that or was it you know two separate roles and you had to drop one of them oh yeah well, I, I was still a fitter in the but if we were out and the team and the rover played up or broke down obviously i'm gonna fit on me even though i'm a member of the team i mean on the same in the rescue team there was Two or three radar fitters in in the team, you know, could do all the radio sort of communications. So whilst you were part of the mountain rescue team, I'm assuming you went to multiple rescues. Yeah. Which rescue for you really, you know, sort of stands out against all the rest of them? The worst one was when we went and picked up 
that road that on it crashed, where they're all, they're all burnt. Engine failure or crashed, I don't know. Uh, that came down, and there's three in the crew. So our team leader, George, he got the Jordan medal for that. When we went and picked them up, the the buzzers had been random and picked all the flesh in the eyes and everything else. Horrible sight. I, I went and picked up the uh, wireless man and we all been really burnt. He died like they crunched him in the collar. And got put in the casualty bag. And you can't fit him in because he fell short up. So I just gently put my hand on his shoulder, leaned him back, and pfft, you know, it burst all the stomach came out. Oh, Foxy was with me. That was Foxy's lot and boom, where he fell over. So we got him in, my man got him in the, got him in the casualty bag, got him in the ambulance, took him up to uh, Nick's ear, morgue, and then we had was in the rough news or stage SROs. And then we, Johnny Johnson was the one who came and presented George with the George medal. Yeah. I got photographs. I'll, I'll dig them out. I think I've seen them. And he, he, he must have been talking to someone else, you know, telling about about it. And he said, no, that was uh, George, Foxy, Eddie Simpson. I don't remember his name. And he said, good night, J.T. Simpson. Now, why why should I remember my name? I don't know. I enjoyed every minute in the Air Force. I was my first square bash and I went to uh, RAF Carlton Cross Medical Rehab Unit, where they're all walking around with arms out, things around the neck, sticks, uh, inner chairs with legs stuck out. Not only have certain people had accidents, and our boss there, only a young fella. He's a pilot, but he has to do something else flying, doesn't he? So we used to draw lots who could go up with him. And it was young, Bill Rainey's name was. And it's just general bragging. I said, You'd never make me sick. You are. I said, No, you won't make me sick. <laughs> so we. <laughs> We're getting this little, uh, not Tiger Moth, what's the other little trainer, two-seater petrol trainer. What year was this? This was in uh, 57. Little red things, well, they're all different colours. No idea. But anyway, I wasn't sick. No, 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 no. Everyone had been sick. And you got, you got cleaned up as well. Yeah, of course. Just, but surely he knew that you had, you know, a sturdy stomach with all the stuff that you'd seen whilst on the mountain rescue team. Yeah, yeah. We picked an arm, we picked up an army fellow up as well, who'd been off been off climbing by himself, and he fell. But he was unrecognisable. Buzzers eat anything. We call them shite hawks. I don't think Adam and Cypress not shite hawks. They're like vultures, just like bloody vultures. Look like look ugly looking things. Right. They leak. You lay there long enough for them to eat you. And now we picked up an army fella. 
all he had on his hands, because where he was lying, you know, couldn't get hit that hand. All over there was bone, no no flesh, just bone. And his face, all around all, all the bone, no flesh. That wasn't very nice. Put him in the bag, take him home. It just sounds like something out of a movie, you know, their normal life. Yeah, not many, not, not, not many people have seen that. I mean, it's another bad thing. When I was a kid in Birkenhead, fighting, we were chasing a gang of kids, jumped on the boys, run away, and we were lived up in Reedville, but down the middle of the hill, and down the bottom hill's the main road. Kid on his bike come down on here, and the bus runs over and runs over his head as it's crossed on the road. Oh, it's just happened, you know. Just watch what happened. Yeah. I mean, I was only young, young. But I didn't go and, go and vomit and nothing like that. You know, oh, poor, poor, how do you do that? But I don't sort of feel, oh. So you were never queasy as a kid, either then? I've got a good, strong stomach, yeah. yeah. So, well, how long was it until Dad came along? Because obviously Dad's a couple of years older than Uncle Purse. When when did they form into this timeline? Dad would be about one one or two. Came home from where from Aiden to to go do my climbing course. That done my climbing course. Went home for some leave and thought, oh, I don't so fuck I'm staying here. No, we're going to go back in the air force. So all right, one out. I'm going to buy myself out. Yeah. For Langon, you just, you've got a course to pay for, your airfare, and that was something like, eight hey, £900, but this is in, in the 60s, yeah. which was a lot of money. But I thought, I'll, I'll know what I can get there. I, I'll get it for, out for, for free. I'm going to become a Member of Parliament. So I filled in the form, give you a Member of Parliament, you don't... You, you can't be in the forces. Got to be honest, Grips, I didn't know that. So I thought I'm going to be an MP. So try filling the forms. <laughs> when I got as far as Indrus, you know, with, with the forms, uh, you're not bloody wanting to be an MP. You're just, you know, swinging the lad. No, I don't want to be an MP. I want out, want out the Air Force. So you forgot about the MP loophole, as you know, as you wanted to call it. So how long did it then take you to actually get out and, and you know, the costings and stuff? Oh, uh, before, the, by the time when I started coming out, the time I was, got my discharge from Indrath, would only be about six weeks, if that. Now that's, that's it, that's, that's it, my, that's it, <laughs> sorry. Okay, and... Um, what a story that was. Uh, thank you very much for sitting down with me. I know this is not really you know, your thing. You've only heard the word podcast before today. Uh, it's much appreciated. I know Dad will have appreciated it as well. I look back and I had a very good life, a very good life. I enjoyed every minute of it. And I wouldn't want to change anything. Well, I enjoyed chatting down there. You haven't learned an awful lot of money. You haven't learned nothing from my life. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest. I think we have. And I think that watching 
your face and your reactions when you're telling the stories, you can see that what you're saying, you, you can still see that. You can see it as clear as day and, and you know, you live with that. The fellow in the helicopter, I'll never forget that. Never. It's there, I've watched it. Yeah. And the kid who got run over by the bus, I'll never forget that. Horrendous. And with Grubbs' last thoughts, that brought this episode to a close. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you want to catch me on social media, ask me any questions or any submissions, you can find me at jacktheLad underscore podcast. And that is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. From all of us here at the Jack the Lad Podcast HQ, we wish you all well, and we hope to see you again soon.